Before we jump into today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences that we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So let's get comfy and talk about death. Hello and welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Brandy. I'm Sierra. And I'm Red, and we're your globally gallivanting demise guides on today's episode. Ladies, happy 50th episode to my morbid matrons! I cannot wait to find skeleton noises to put in here. (laughs) I was like, bones. I was trying to make them for you. I was like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I am the most pumped to be celebrating this milestone uh, with you guys by kicking off a new segment, which is going to be known as our death culture discourse. And what does that mean? During these episodes, we are going to hop on some imaginary long distance transportation and visit some places around the world to explore how other people get down with death. So many different death customs out there for us to check out. My Thanato tourist heart is going to be so happy. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I think this is going to be a cool segment. I like to think about this, that we've each selected like a different location in the world. So this is like our uh, our week-long cruise that we've decided to like take each other on to see <laughs> where we are uh, landing, what our vacation spot's going to be. Oh, I, I would pay that. for this cruise. How do oh, we, hell yeah. Should we make a cruise line? We have our funeral home slash cruise line. Yeah. We already have monster trucks, right? <laughs> Corpse cruises. <laughs> monster trucks. <laughs> Weren't we? <laughs> Crispy Chris's uh, cruise line and monster trucks. Oh, no. right. yeah. oh, Demolition derby out on the seven seas, baby. Beautiful. That's just one piece. We're just live action one piece. <laughs> it is literally just one piece. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, I did not pick anything from the seven seas, but definitely something pretty far away. Uh, So as I was kind of researching this topic, I wanted to pick something that kind of had like an air of fun to it. I also came across like while trying to research for fun things, I kind of came across some like not so fun things too. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) And there were like some cultures that I don't know, maybe maybe I'll talk about it later, but just a brief insight on that. There were some cultures that literally think that their dead are poison. And if they touch them, they are then poison. Death cooties. Oh my and that, God. Was, that was a whole other can of worms. So I was like, I'm going to steer away from that one for this. <laughs> but That's just against science. But yeah. all right. Death cooties are a real thing, man. <laughs> well, if you're like, if you have like a prion disease or like something like that or MRSA, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I've been around a lot of a lot of dead folks and I ain't got nothing yet. Nothing they gave me, at least. Knock on wood. (laughs) Knock on wood. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) 
It's honestly pretty gross what I've done in the care center next to dead bodies without getting sick. That sounds so... There needs to be context. Okay. Wow! <laughs> yeah, on. there does. Hold on. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, I'll be walking around with my morning cup of coffee in the care center just like without a glove on, just like picking the sheets up off the top of them to see who came in last night and take a look at them, like sipping my coffee, dunking my donut. Like, Yeah, that's a routine. Aww. That's you gotta a routine. have a morning routine. <laughs> Keeps, you morning routine. <laughs> Keeps you regular. Keeps you regular. Well, so I lean toward like more honoring the dead and, you know, having more fun with it. So we're going to take a trip to Madagascar. Uh, I've never been, but it seems like a hot, hot place to be. And like you'd probably have to have some kind of fun to live here. And the people of Madagascar believe that they're dead are they live through them they live on after they've died until they've completely decomposed and then they get to live a second life of sorts that's like really similar to the life they've already lived but way cooler though right maybe i don't know maybe (laughs) (laughs) it's your second chance (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of just maybe like a reincarnation kind of thing, but on a different plane. They don't really believe in um, afterlife in the sense of like a paradise or a hell. They more so think of this like second life that you get. So it's really important to them that they're able to celebrate their dead at least once a year. And this tradition that they uh, have is called Fama Dihana. Or the turning of the bones. Oh, that's metal. That's hype. I know. I was like, that's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> so to the Malagasy people, they are using that time to honor their dead, their most important dead, who are kept in these tombs that are kind of like half underground crypts. And mm-hmm. they bring their dead out once a year on Fabadihana. They redress them in their lamba or basically just like a burial shroud. Um, They kind of look like a white sheet. It's like a special cloth that they prepare specifically for that event. And then they rewrap their loved ones. They put them up over their heads and they dance them back into the tomb. Oh my God. (laughs) Listening to music and having a party. I love that. This is amazing. Yeah, I was like, that is so awesome. And everybody. Like, real uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody in the family participates. So, from their youngest members to their oldest members, they have a part in redressing them, in carrying them, I'm sure, in playing the music for them, making food. You know, it's just like a giant community celebration where they all get to have this moment of grief while they redress and then these moments of excitement and happiness as they carry their loved ones back in into their final resting place. I absolutely love this. Like this is super cool because it, well one it like gets the whole family involved and that's something that like I am very like serious about and it's hard to do nowadays because people want to 
baby kids. They don't think that kids can deal with stuff like this or mm-hmm. like the elderly ex- are excluded because they're just old or just old and, and can't mm-hmm. be a part of stuff meaningfully anymore. This is such a cool way to get the whole family involved and like especially creating a thing for it every year. So everybody as a community gets to like have this as part of their grief journey yearly. Like that seems so healthy to me. <laughs> yeah. And they've been doing this since the 17th century. This is like the tradition. Um, It was so profound. I watched like a lot of videos while doing this because there's kind of a lot out there on it. And people just like crying as they're rewrapping. And, you know, from older people that are just kind of sitting on the ground next to their loved ones. And then, you know, people who are rapping kind of small packages uh, Mm. i'll say that you know you can imagine what they went through the first time they had to do those raps and how every time maybe it gets a little easier for them and they get to spend those moments with something that they cared so much for that got taken from them so quickly so it's just such Mm. a different way to to do it and then when they get back to these tombs there are these beautiful painted structures Some of them are more kind of like these square burial mounds that have walls around them. And then Mm. other ones are these like big crypts that Mm. they probably house the more prominent, you know, people in the families, in the communities. And they're Mm. all painted with different depictions of deer or men who are like soldiers or women. And they all have these different representations like having a man painted on the outside of your tomb means strength or having like a deer means abundance or something like that. That's so cool. It's, it seems more personal in in a different way, you know? Uh And I I just love that. And everybody gets to be involved and paint these figures and, you know, redress them. It's just so, yeah, I thought it was such an interesting tradition and I was super excited when I was like, yeah, this is what I wanted. Something that was like a real celebration. If either of you care about me when I die, you're going to turn my bones, dude. Well, bones. oh, yeah, I guess so, man. <laughs> I don't I don't see this ever being allowed in the United States. But nah, we're lame here. Hey, we're man, so it's, it's the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. If I can be brave enough to dig you up to party around, right? Who's going to yeah. stop me? Finders keepers, the man. The government? Question mark? <laughs> Question mark. They honestly have way, honestly, yeah. way too much involved in the dead, unfortunately. But if this were going to happen, what would be your song? What would your bones be turned to? Oh, brother. It's, it's got to be the Black Parade. Oh my God! <laughs> such a good answer. God, it's so many levels to why that's the perfect song. Wow, you, that's so good. That's and you could cool. probably do all of the rewrapping, walking, marching back through that just one song. Seriously, start with that piano intro. You literally could You'd go to town. Oh. My God. <laughs> The mental image of just a bunch of my friends doing the, like, when you hear the Black Parade come on the dance floor and just, like, running with my corpse. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Take off. Do you ever see the, the video of the girl where she, she passes out on the zip line and her body's, like, limp oh as she's, like, falling oh through? <laughs> That's what I'm imagining, but with the Black Parade playing and it's you just, like, whoa, you know, as we, like, carry you through. Oh, my God. 
Well, wait, wait. What would be so if um you could have a tomb? What would yours be theme painted, Sierra? What's gonna be on the outside of it? Oh man, ah, that one's so hard. Um, it. Oh, I'm so tacky. <laughs> Just <laughs> like I really, I really want it to be like bedazzled. You know what I mean? Tell like me I want. It, tell me it's not done by Gucci though. Yeah, right. Like I, I'm. Oh man, I want it to you be. Want to I want it to be fire. gaudy. I want it to be Gucci. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something just bright, obnoxious, and I don't know, maybe there's like a couple of like little pints of beer on the side or something fun, you know? Oh, that's fun. Beer fountain. Yeah, a little I beer fountain. That. Maybe like every year when they like drag me out and stuff, they can like force my like empty body to like do a keg stand or something. Oh my God. <laughs> what a legacy. Oh God. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love that. <laughs> Could you imagine? I was going to say, and like, I was thinking for like a song, right? Like, I couldn't think of one really. And I was just like, "Mm, I could do All Star. I could do All Star. Oh, man. Oh, baby. Wouldn't that be the worst, man? Or just something like real. uh, Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It'd be so great. Prepping you for that second life. It's got to be hype. What's more hype than All Star? It absolutely needs to. Just like the, the, some. And there's like dead silence, and then your tomb door just I blows open. open. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Ah, that'd be so good, man. Listen, if it's not funny and like ridiculous, and my family members aren't like laughing, I I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that though. I feel that because like life is comedy and tragedy, dude. Like it's both. You can't absolutely. have one without the other. No, man, you can't. And comedy is my favorite, so I'm here for it. I love that. Full support. Well. That's all I had for uh, our Madagascar turning of the bones. Uh, Sierra, what cultural death practice did you find fascinating? I, all aboard the cruise ship. We're uh, going from Madagascar to the Tibetan mountains, baby. We're going. So when I was starting to like kind of do research and like look things up, I wanted something that was going to like surprise me i Mm -hmm. guess is what i was looking for sure um something that like i wanted to be like hey yo what you know what i mean and i first read sky burial and i was like i don't know what that means and i'm scared to click this link (laughs) so you know in your head you're imagining you're like sky burial like are we launching people are we dropping them Uh from the sky like is the catapult involved like what's going on you know, luckily, it is none of those things. And it's actually very wholesome. And I'm now a huge fan of it. So the actual practice itself, um, it is like a longstanding Tibetan tradition, especially within like Tibetan monk culture. And I might be butchering the actual pronunciation. OK, I, I did my best because I just listened to how it was done on Google. And it's like, and basically what it is, is it is the practice of taking the deceased bodies of your loved ones up a mountain um, for them to be fed on by specific vultures and other carnivorous like birds. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, yeah. you know, sky burial. <laughs> we just, you take them up a mountain, you leave them there. And and the whole goal is for the vultures to feed. And it it's really about the practice of giving back after you're done with your vessel. There's a very strong belief that like once you've died, 
th- your body's empty. That's just it. It is now just flesh. Yeah. There is nothing here for you. Your family has no attachments to this. Like they need to mourn. And the best way for them to do that is to see that you have not only given purpose in life, but you are also giving purpose in death by supporting like, you know, the, the birds and the ecosystem around you. Circle of life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like we're lining king this. I'm super hyped for it. So uh, the actual term for, you know, giving back um, to everything around you, the generosity and like specifically coming from the deceased was Jator. Basically, you know, you're you're giving your body up, you're done with it, and it's giving back, which is super duper cool. The one thing that did kind of catch me off guard with it, because I was like, oh, okay, you die, you, you drag them up there and you, you call it done, right? Normally, uh, either like a... And I might be mispronouncing this one also, too. But one of the, like, either the llamas or one of the holy men actually give you instructions on how the body needs to be dismembered and cut into pieces. Um, Wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I thought the nature did the dismembering. I didn't know that. No, man. The the nature is specifically just here for the excarnation, which is specifically just defleshing. Mm. Nope. You or you get to deassemble yourself. So they give mm. you the instructions. Man, this is a burial practice that I'd actually be really good at. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So there is something else. Hey, there we go. If you can't knock it uh, in yeah. the U.S., you can always go to Tibet. I can always go do <laughs> this. Go this sounds Tibet. way more fun. I love vultures, too. This sounds great for me. I'm, I'm yeah, really into the this, vultures yeah. are, it's super cool. Um, <laughs> it, it's to the point where, like, the Chinese government actually has, like, protections on these specific vultures that live on these specific mountains. Um, oh, what? And, yeah, they put them down as, like, rare and threatened um, as, like, a species because, like, one I of their. That. Yeah, I one of their. <laughs> One of their main sources of, like, food and everything was, like, the deceased, you know? Dude. So they're literally on the national list for protected wild animals now. The The other thing, too, is that they're very specific with, like, who can be sky buried and who cannot. If you died and, you know, you had some weird disease and it was a little shady, you don't get to because they don't want the vultures dying. You know what I mean? Sure. But if you're just like, oh, man, I'm super old and now I'm super dead... They're like, cool, vulture food. Um, and, and they'll wait. So they they dismember you. They take you up a mountain. The act of like actually taking you up there, they're supposed to actually hire like a yak. And then the yak is like released, like set free afterwards because it's seen that it's done this duty that it wasn't even responsible for. Right. Whoa. So you're supposed to like free it. So it's super expensive to do. You leave your, your family member up there. You can stay and watch if you want to, but you don't have to. And then you you go back up there, you collect the bones, you bring the bones back down, you turn them into this type of like bone meal um, where it, it's mixed with like barley flour, tea, yak butter, or you can substitute milk, obviously. And then it's given to your local crows and hawks. Oh, wow. Which we're just giving it all back to the birds, you know? I love that. I didn't know about that part because I'd heard about sky burial before, like the initial. Because I know there's also, I believe, Native American tribes that did something similar. Super similar, yeah. 
But this is so cool. I'd like even down to like bone meal. Wow. Yeah, it's it's becoming less and less of like a utilized burial. Like the numbers are dropping drastically, mainly just because, you know, everything's turning into like an urban area. The vultures are kind of like disappearing in those like locations. And then obviously it's a little bit expensive to just buy a yak to drag grandma up the mountain to let the yak go um, because you're not supposed to keep it afterwards. So it's uh, it's a little bit expensive, but it is super duper cool and people still practice it. Uh, okay, FBI agent watching my Googling. Uh, <laughs> how much does a yak cost? <laughs> uh, for anybody out there that's looking for the, the discount funeral and you're maybe considering sky burial, a male yak will cost you about 2500 to 5000 and a female 15 to 3500 So I mean, honestly, so if you that think that about it, though, like, how much are funerals now? They're kind of up there. That's what I'm saying, It might dude. be cheaper. I mean, it might not yeah. be cheaper than, like, a crematorium, but, like... Dude, this is honestly <laughs> pretty reasonably priced. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was just super-duper cool because it... You know, I I don't really have a lot in the in the death industry, right? So like finding a culture that's like, yeah, you're you're dead and you're not attached to your body is kind of like surprising for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because I've I've grown up in the United States and everybody's like, oh, you got to go to the funeral, you got to see the open casket, you have to say your final goodbyes, you got to watch them be put into the dirt, go bring them flowers, and it just it feels like so much for something that's not there. So it's kind of like relieving to like experience a. I guess not experience, but to at least touch the surface of a culture that's like, yeah, you're dead and gone, you know, time to donate, get in, get out and shape up, right? Like, see ya. I like it too, honestly. That's always, that to me, that's reassuring, not having to like have a connection to a physical being after you die. Right. Um, I, I love this. this it's kind is, of relieving. Is, it way. is. I, I don't want to think anymore. <laughs> Well, I guess it, like, originated just because, like, the, the subsurface is such, like, a, a hard, la- like, layer to dig through, um, just because mm-hmm. there's always the permafrost, you know? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and then, obviously, you can't do, like, funeral pyres out there either because most of, like, the, the tree line and the scarcity of, like, timber in Tibet is, like, you can't find that shit. So they were like, you know what? Bird food. Bird. Bird. Birds. Bird is the solution. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of ingenious. And the vultures were probably like, yeah, man, sick. Thank you. That's, I think that's just really cool. Like, that's just using what you have naturally. And then, like, I have to wonder what birthed what views, right? Did the views yeah. of, like, returning to nature come first and then they decided birds? Or did the fact that all they had available was birds like, determine how they feel about the dead bodies? I feel like the vultures chose for them. The vultures yeah. were probably like, uh, yeah. I've been snacking on this for a while. Y'all should just <laughs> give it to me. Yeah. Let's make this beneficial for the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, and it has that level, too, where it's like, you know, taking that that final connection to, like, the this, like, sacred realm or, like, the sky realm with these people because, like, the birds are carrying them up and stuff, you know. But it's it's just so sick. I was like, oh, Okay. I kind of don't like birds personally. I think they kind of scare me. I think I watched the birds one too many times. So I'd be okay if like my only interaction with vultures is after I'm dead, you know? Sierra literally looking at a picture of a bird. Mm, I don't like that. I don't, like that. <laughs> I don't trust that. 
I don't trust him at all. I don't. I know trust this isn't the conspiracy episode, but I got a lot of conspiracies about birds. Well, birds aren't real, first of all. Exactly. Thank you. Oh my, oh my god. god. Write that one right down. Now? Birds aren't real. You didn't know we're actually certified crazy. <laughs> you know what? I you know what it is? I never took my tinfoil off from the last episode. I'm starting to pick up different stations. I thought you were going to say I never took my meds. <laughs> <laughs> it's just permanently attached now. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what what I had to bring to um, our cruise here. So Red, where are we off to next? So I've saved a very interesting place in the world for last. Just nestled off the coast of Australia is a stretch of island countries under the umbrella region of Melanesia. This includes Fiji, New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, and Vanuatu. On the western side of New Guinea lives the Dani people, one of the most populous indigenous tribes in that area. They were virtually unknown to outsiders until the early 1900s, so very much so uh, separated from quote-unquote modern life. They have their own practices, beliefs, and customs. And their religious beliefs uh, are included in that. Very much a system rooted in like local gods and spirits, but still like a spiritual animism to it as well. So what that means, uh, basically, the soul of someone once dead has interest in human affairs and can influence the living world. They place a decent amount of concern on the restless soul of the deceased and a lot of effort is put into making sure they're appeased so they don't cause like illness or any troubles to living people. And many Danny today have uh, actually converted to Christianity, which is a little bit of a bummer, but uh, we'll be talking for the sake of this episode about their funeral practices in the old ways. The soul is believed to sit below the sternum and is referred to as the Adai again. Death was believed to result from magics or even like witchcraft. And so once that spirit was released, the placation or the Mogat was beginning because that would get that spirit to retreat into the woods. That way it wouldn't meddle with any living beings. And this could be gone about in a few different ways. The main part was through warfare with other tribes or to do ceremonial cremation to get these, these spirits to retreat away so they wouldn't mess with anybody, cause illness, cause death. So guests of these ceremonies would be greeted to wailings and lamentations from next of kin and friends. They would bring offerings of pork and sweet potatoes to the grieving. Those were actually um, two of the Danny's most important resources that they were able to cultivate in that region. So that meal would take place and the cremation would be um, following that. So this is when we get into the the dark tourism part of uh, the Danny people's cultures and, and beliefs around death. So uh, some of the more affluent in their community were mummified. And this mummification of prominent figures was a way for future generations to remember their ancestors and uh, to gain prosperity through their blessings to these mummies. This ritual was done by drying in the sun, then storing in a cave, and finally being smoked at a low temperature. Oh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> a little, little barbecue. <laughs> oh, I mean, it must have smelled nice, right? <laughs> I don't know how human flesh smells, but... uh. Hot dogs. It smells oh, like hot no. dogs, in case oh, anybody's God. wondering. Don't tell me that. I have this like idea in my head that it's like filet and it's really yummy. And mm. you said hot dogs. Yeah. Damn it's it. mostly because of all the organs that mix with like, oh, I the forgot muscle about organs. that give it that, that hot doggy goodness. You. Mm. The amalgamation meat tube. <laughs> God, sounds so good. I, I love this. They just have a constant barbecue, human barbecue going. 
but yeah, yeah, roll it out. Put them on a put them on the spit. Yeah. <laughs> These uh, the bodies while they were going through the smoking process actually would start to curl in the the fetal position, and during that process as well, they they would actually this is kind of I guess grim in a way. I would not like to have this job. Uh, they would poke holes into the body to allow uh, fluids to drain out and like oh, organs no. to fall out while they were being smoked. So, so that's an image you guys and can just- have. Fallen into the great sizzling on the hot coals, little yeah. intestine, oh little my liver gosh. here and there. Right. Delish. Little platter. <laughs> so after this mummification process was completed, or mostly completed, the bodies would be kept at a Honai house, which is like this large circular thatched roof hut. And an attendant actually would watch over these Honai houses. They would sleep there overnight, and they would like guard and protect these mummies uh, while they were while were while they were staying there. So the reason I mentioned that they it's not completely done is that fires would remain stoked in these huts year round. That way, um, they could keep smoking the bodies and keep them being preserved. They'd even like smother them in pork fat just to like aid in that process and keep them in this like pristine condition whatever whatever pristine means for a mummy <laughs> so as a tourist you can actually see some of these like some 250 year old blackened mummies um in one of the danny villages but i mean of course you got to pay to do so you got to have that side hustle so this uh, unfortunately is no longer a ritual that is practiced. So uh, like I mentioned before, uh, Christian missionaries had swept through the area and that like severely changed the religious tone. So Man, Christianity ruins everything. <laughs> I know, like really cool. We could have so many more mummies and but instead we had Christianity. We're running so low on mummies. Yeah, we really are. And it's all the Christians fault. <laughs> I was going to say, there was like a couple of Christian mummies, but I think they're Catholic mummies, aren't they? Like the little saint ones or whatever. Well, but like theirs aren't as cool. You know? <laughs> well, and that's the whole thing about like the like the Catholic ones. It's mostly that they end up parting them out, like piecemealing oh, these, yeah, these saints that after out. a while. So like, that's hey, why it's like you want a finger. Yeah, we go pray pray to the, the, to the finger. <laughs> finger or toe of your favorite saint. Ugh. You know, Feels weird. Yeah, there's... Also, I, I believe we talked about this in an episode before, but Jesus, the, the rumor about Jesus's foreskin is not his foreskin. No, <laughs> that you cannot go what? and visit Jesus. foreskin. That no. just ruined all my travel plans for next year. This crew sucks. This crew sucks. So no more mummies. They just do regular boring burial now. But uh, it is definitely a destination for the Nato tourists because there's only about like six or seven of these mummies left and they'll only actually let you like pay to see two of them. Like the rest are just too sacred uh, or too fragile and and they just uh, keep those like in their own like secret place there. I actually included some photos for you guys so you could see the cool mummies. Oh, thank you. Oh. They're very crusty looking. Very crusty. (laughs) Yeah, like that's some crunchy, gristly looking looking fellas. I mean, they were smoked for however long. <laughs> they gotta be nice and crisp. Listen, I've seen people at the tanning salon with worse <laughs> bake. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like parts of it like are preserved pretty well. Yeah, like, look like, at like, that hand, man. Of, right, you can see the skin and stuff still on them. Like that's crazy. Kind of, super crazy. 
I don't like that that one looks like he's screaming. He he do be he do be doing a big what, scream. What is he yelling about? I thought he was dead before they put him in there. Yeah, he's probably just singing Black Parade, man. He's getting ready. Yeah, there you know? go. Yeah. yeah, he's ready for his uh his redressing and his dance back to his tomb. Exactly. <laughs> or he's looking up and he sees the vultures coming down, and he's like, ah! <laughs> just kidding. So that's what they would do with some of the deceased. But there are actually some interesting aspects of um, like grief culture uh, within Danny traditions. So there's actually a lot of ways to express grief for them. Mud and clay and ash could be smeared over the body of somebody who is mourning. Uh, this is mirroring the thought that all living things return back to the earth. And some people actually would like not bathe for weeks. But the most brutal of these uh, grief... Uh, expressions is going to be the amputation rituals whose amputation yeah so if you were to think like okay so fingers they harmonize together right you use them all together like uh they're almost like a family they work together they perform tasks together uh so when a member of the family dies symbolically uh fingers multiple fingers were cut off with a stone axe uh from the immediate next of kin to show the pain of loss in a physical analogy to that so all right that would do it. Very unfortunate. <laughs> that certainly would. Well, I'm grieving. I'm hurting. Yeah. I am hurting right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, the the bad part about it is that this mainly happened to a lot of the female Danny. So that the, there's actually like some really crazy pictures that you can look up of some of like the elders in the uh, tribe that can still be found today with like missing digits oh and like it's not just like one like they'll take a lot they'll take like all the fingers off at hand um when enough family members die there there were other friends and family that may join in and do the same uh or even like cut off parts of their ear to show like a unity in their grieving with immediate family members but it it really was reserved for like immediate female members of the family it was thought that this was supposed to appease ghosts and like help banish them to the forest but fortunately has been banned to by today so no more finger cutting no more digit cutting probably a good thing definitely a good thing (laughs) right uh well i don't know man what if you were born with extra digits and you're just like now i can't cut my digits off in all fairness this was kind of a thing that was imparted upon people oh okay okay yeah i guess i wouldn't want other people cutting off my fingers if i'm gonna cut off fingers i'd like to cut off my own you know there we go yeah yeah Yeah, there's it was usually done to other people it's kind of like uh like circumcision is nowadays like you don't really Mm. get to make that decision for yourself it's just part of the societal norm and yeah yikes it's for the best that it was bit. Just all bo- forms of body mutilation, maybe. <laughs> like in dismemberment. They, well, it seems like they had a lot of fear of anything causing a problem in their village. Like the dead were causing a lot of problems for them and they had to find ways to appease them. And if lopping off a finger is what's going to do it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I feel no. like it has to be. It's because Don't it's Australia, that. right? Because in Australia, everything's out to kill you. Right? Yeah. Oh, you know? even your own people. Even Damn. your own people, man. <laughs> man. Just adds to the, the layers of complication to living in a prison colony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I did look up some of the pictures while you were talking, and these women, they just look so interesting. Like, they've lived crazy lives that we Yeah, they have, like, that face with a roadmap to it, you know? Wow, just the, the stories that they could tell from, like, before that was banned and how crazy that must have been to live like that. And they are alive some of these people yeah. today that's that's mm. wild that is crazy that's not too long ago you still have things to do like even if your fingers get cut off like you're still mm-hmm. like helping tend farm or like cook dinners and stuff and now you just have less fingers yeah. like that sucks <laughs> and i'm assuming these are probably like a lot of wives of people mm-hmm. that were going out and dying hunting or battling or whatever else and so they yeah they probably had whole families they needed to be taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely crazy stuff, man. No, that was uh, that's three vastly different takes on it, and I think they're each kind of interesting in their own way. Yeah, I yeah. like that we all went in different directions. That was really cool. I was so hoping that it was going to be like a catapulting kind of thing, but it really wasn't. <laughs> we'll have a trebuchet episode. We'll find we'll find a culture that trebuchets their deceased. Oh, well, if we crazy. can't find one, we're about to start one. So, all right, baby, <laughs> <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world. So be the change you want to see in the world. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, it's important to remember that even though some of these cultures' traditions may seem odd or barbaric, that we should show some reverence for rituals that are not our own. We've covered such a small portion of the world map on this, our first exploration expedition. You can bet we'll hit the road again for more death destinations. If you have any cultures, countries, and peoples you'd like to see studied, drop us a line at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com or even message us on our socials at Facebook and YouTube. Let us know what you think and maybe we can feature it on another episode in the future. A huge thanks to Joey, our dedicated studio gopher, Marcy Music for our theme Deputies of Death, and Macklin Legan for our custom icons and banners. Be sure to tune in first Thursday of every month for more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye.